with National Signing Day now in the books, it's time to look at the class, look at what Boston College football needs, and find out what players stand the best chance of jumping into the too deep and impacting BC immediately in 2023. We're going to get into that and a little Christmas cheer on today's edition of Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Merry Christmas. Today's episode of Locked On Boston College is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, folks, it's football talk. After a great Wednesday, a, a day in which BC basketball shocked the world with a win over Virginia Tech, we're going to jump back into National Signing Day uh, because that is a big day in terms of college football talk, and we're not going to drop the ball here and miss some chances to talk about the future of BC football. So you, you got 17 recruits here. You look at the, the grand scheme of, of their rankings, and yeah, they're 55th in the country in total rankings. But folks, when you're looking at this, it's important to realize that when you're looking at 247 Sports' rankings, it's based on the total amount of recruits. So bulk recruits kind of impact the, the amount that you, the score that you get. So if you have a larger class, you're going to do better than a smaller class. BC only had 17. This is the first time under Jeff Halfley that they had a smaller class. And so I, I, I think it's important to note that BC has the eighth ranked ACC recruiting class. When you look at the average score of each player. So the talent's there. It's about the same as last year, honestly. I know folks have been really upset about, you know, where the, the recruiting class is. It's not that far off of from last year. It's it's pretty close, okay? But we watched a team in 2022 that was miserable to watch. They had a lot of issues up and down the roster. There was problems on both sides, actually, all three sides of the ball. You don't want to forget special teams. So it begs the question, BC this year, I believe Halfley said had six or eight players of their recruiting class play major roles by the end of the year. Who's going to do that next year? Who has the best chance of getting on the field and being immediate contributors for Boston college? Because you're going to have to, every team has freshmen that they throw out. So this year, when you're looking at the true freshmen that played, it was cornerbacks like Armari Jackson. You saw Jude Bowery, a offensive lineman, get a little play here and there. Uh, running backs, um, Alex Broom, Cam Barfield, who I think probably kept his uh, redshirt, if I remember correctly. Jeremiah Franklin, tight end, who had a tough year, but he played a lot. Obviously, Joseph Griffin, the wide receiver. You know, I'm probably missing a few here and there, too. Uh, Edward Kalengi, uh, a defensive end. You saw a lot of players... Uh, from that BC freshman class, get out there and play. So here's my question. Let's look at who could, who is going to be the guys that could play next year. And my first one I want to get into is Jaden Skeet. Jaden Skeet is a wide receiver 
big, lengthy. I mean, look at the length on him in that picture, right? If you're not on YouTube, you need to subscribe so you can see the pictures that I'm talking along. He's from Catholic Memorial, Massachusetts. Jeff Halfley, during his press conference on Wednesday, called him the best recruit in Massachusetts. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rat- rail on the kid because Jaden Skeet has every potential to be a really good recruit, but. When you have Joel Aguero, who's going to Georgia, and Samson Ukalola, who's going to Miami, and uh, uh, Ronan Hannafin, who's going to Clemson, and Preston Zinner, who's going to Notre Dame, I, I, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical of that. But that being said, he's a coach. What's he going to say, right? He's going to say that kind of stuff. Skeet, he could be a, a, a player. And yeah. The the wide receiver room is going to be a big question mark going into the offseason because there's a lot of change going on there. First of all, Zay Flowers is gone. You know he's going to end up in the NFL. He's already declared, so he's gone. Jaden Williams, he missed the whole most of the end of the season with something. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. It was not injury related. Let's just leave it at that. Will he be back? He's been liking and, and tweeting about BC, so he could be back. Jalen Gill, last I had talked to my source, he had not made a decision yet. The fact that I haven't heard that he's entered the transfer portal, to me, means he will be back. But who knows? Then you have Dino Tomlin, Josiah, uh, Joseph Griffin, and you have your group of wide receivers. And Lewis Bond as well. We don't know what's going on with him as well. BC could have some spots. If any of these guys go down, all of a sudden, you're looking at, at at your depth. Will Ishmael Samora play? He's a redshirt freshman. I mean, Jeff Halfley thinks the world of Jaden Skeet. Thinks of his length. Talks about his athleticism. That he was a big part of a, a good Christian um, uh, Catholic memorial team. I think he could play. I think he's someone who could play. And as we're talking about wide receivers, the other wide receiver that could also jump out is a guy that, when I think about what his game film. He has a lot of in, lot in common with Zay Flowers, and that is Nate Johnson. This is a kid that surprised the heck out of me. That no ACC, uh, SEC team, or ACC team too, because he's in Florida. He's a Clearwater, Florida kid that th- wanted to go out and get this wide receiver. He was just named by the underclassmen report out of ESPN as the uh, best max speed of any recruit in the class of 2023. Did you hear that? the best speed in the country. And he's at Boston college. You know, you hear about all these other kids and you have a guy with really good speed. Now speed is a, is just one, one item, right? He could be a terrible root runner. He might not have the greatest hands. We'll have to wait and see, but speed, man, when you have speed at college football, that, that is that, I mean, man, that is something that is, a tangible quality that can make you stand out over anyone else out on the field, because it, you just need to put on your burners run and have that, 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 that quarterback throw you the ball. When you have a quarterback like Moorhead who can bomb it, it seems like a match made in heaven. So Nate Johnson, to me, this kid, he's a, a, from Clearwater, Florida, just like Zay. Zay's from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. They're Florida kids, both of them. I think he could see the field early. He's a kid I think I would watch for. Um, and, and I don't know between Skeet and um, Johnson who sees the field first. It all depends on what the need of this team is. Do they need a guy that can do what Zay Flowers did? Maybe they go with Johnson. Do they need a bigger wide receiver who can do more things? They may go with Skeet. 
I, I, I put both of these guys on that list because I think both of them could. And to be frank, I love their, their, their haul at wide receiver. Cause you add in as well, Reed Harris, a six, four wide receiver from Montana. I'm not putting him on my list because I think he's going to take time. Montana football. Let's be frank. I don't know anything about Montana football, but I'm going to guess it's going to take a little while for him to adjust. And then you have Montrell Wade from Texas. So you have four wide receivers who could make impact. I like all of them. I mean, Wade is more of a physical, bigger wide receiver. Uh, Harris is huge, but might take some time. And then you have the other two. So those are my, my those are two of my guys. Now in a moment, we'll get to our other three, uh, including some defensive players that you're going to want to know about. But before we do that, you, do you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. If you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. I can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement don't know what you're doing when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the driving bottom line is if you're different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by the NHTSA. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. If you have not done so already, I want to I, I, I give you an opportunity to give yourself a gift. You're listening to this podcast. That means you like Boston College. If you like Boston College, you, you, you crave, maybe you're an alumni and you like to, t- you know, you miss talking about athletics. Head over to Eagle Insider. It's part of 247 Sports, which is the industry leader in recruiting and analysis on Boston College. And I'm telling you right now, I'm giving you the most in-depth analysis that you can find on the internet on my site. Right now, we have a special deal for the entire year where you can get 50% off your subscription to Eagle Insider. I have interviews with with recruits. I just had a whole uh, post with superlatives for this upcoming recruiting season. I've got... Uh, you know, crystal ball predictions for players that could come to BC. I have Mitch's game and that Mitch Wolf's game analysis under these are all paywalled stuff. You can get all that, but get this. If you subscribe right now, you can also get Paramount plus that's part of the deal. Check it out on the website. I shouldn't talk more, more about that, but you need to check that out. But as I said, I've been, I, 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 I live and breathe Boston college football and I love recruiting. So this is my my specialty, so check out 247 Sports. And let's continue talking recruiting because I'm really interested in talking about it. Now, let's look at the defensive side of the ball because I think, honestly, the bigger chance for BC to get guys out there early is on defense and specifically in the defensive backfield because BC has shown a tendency over the last two years to get true freshmen out at defensive back. And I'm not sure if it's a... Uh, learning the scheme, getting guys in early, you know, I, you know, their ability to coach them up. Not sure what that is, but right now, BC is going to have a spot at least that they're going to need to fill. And that's CJ Burton, a former four-star defensive back. He played over the last two seasons. He entered the transfer portal a couple days ago. If you want to hear more, my thoughts about that hit the uh, hit up YouTube, find my, uh, my episode where I talk about it. 
you get all that right there. But with him gone, it begs the question, who's going to fill a spot? Now, there's guys that, that BC had this year that were hurt that could jump in because you're going to have Josh DeBerry and Elijah Jones be your starting two. But on the other end, who's going to be it? Is it going to be Amari Jackson? Is it going to be Jalen Cheek? Both guys had played this year. Cheek got hurt. But behind them, Halfley loves to play multiple defensive backs. As he said in his press conference on Wednesday, you know, he loves to get, you know, three defensive backs on the field at all times. So if a guy goes down, he's going to need depth. So I look at Sean Battle, who had five touchdowns for Bish, uh, for Newman Garetti in Pennsylvania. Big time player. This is a kid that's getting ready to play and he's enrolling early. Love his chances to play early for Boston College. I think he could be in there sooner rather than later. Jack Amari Jackson did it last year. CJ Burton did it the year before. I'm guessing Sean Battle. And I put him up as my uh, he's my top guy in terms of any guy on this roster who could play early next year. Sean Battle is, if you were to ask me to rank him, would be number one. I think he's going to be the guy that you see. And he's BC's topped ranked recruit to go along with that. And so you see Santa. <laughs> In addition, you know, there's other defenders as well. Khalil Ali is my number two guy. BC's safety position. They added Victor Nelson Jr. from LIU. They've got Cole Batson. But safety is such a physical position. I look at that depth and I wonder who's going to play on that in that group. Will Steve Lubisher play well enough to to join the two deep? He's been there a, a long time. Is is he going to be good enough to do it? And then behind him, who's going to be next? And so I look at a guy like either Khalil Ali or J- Carter Davis from uh, both of them are from the uh, the DMV area, the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia. I could see either of those two guys playing. Those are my other two big names. And then my final, my final guy from this roster that I think could probably see the field early next year has to be on the defensive side as well. And that's Eric's Doggerty. Eric's Doggerty played for brothers rice in Michigan. He is an interior defensive lineman right now. The BC could do a bunch of different things with him. He's big, but he's not big enough to be a defensive tackle right now. He needs to add a little weight. He's at that like kind of tweener spot where they could also duck him, duck, uh, you know, have him dock a little weight and have him a defensive end. I think they're going to stay interior with him. And you just lost to Awuka. He's one of the guys that is definitely gone for Boston college next year. You're going to have Chris banks, but he's been playing around on the outside. I, I, and I, and I've liked what he's done on the outside. So he could play some outside stuff. You're going to have him. You're going to have cam Horsley who's definitely going to start and Quan Williams, who I think will probably be a starter. Owen Stodmeyer and Nigel Tate, who didn't play this year because he was hurt. BC loves. I mean, if you watched one thing with Jeff Halfley this year, that was positive is that when he has depth, he cycles through it a lot that like looking at the snap counts at defensive tackle last year, it was like, Every guy was like 30 snaps each. And they, they never left one guy out there all that long. He likes to get new guys in there. And that's not, when you have the talent to do it, that's not a bad thing to do. So given that, I think Doggerty could jump in there if that's the case. If they need a guy that jump to jump in and get some snaps, I think he could be the guy. And you know what? 
he's got the talent and he's an under he is he except eric's doggerty e-r-y-x i love the spelling of his name it exemplifies the total diamond in the rough uh, mentality that you see out of Boston College every single year when they go to the recruiting portal. He didn't have a ton of big offers, but had a ton of big plays for Brothers Rice. He was on the dream team from the Detroit Free Press. They put him on that list. He did a ton of things for that team. I love him. I think he's going to be a big time get for BC. Now, there's other players too. Uh, you know, guys, you know, w- w- when you're asking about certain other positions, Jacoby Robinson, I don't see him playing. He's going to probably go the same role as Peter Delaportis and redshirt this year. Dottrell Jones, I, he was a, a borderline. He's a running back from Catholic Memorial, just like Jaden Skeet. I, I think he could play, but it most likely would be on special teams, but we'll have to wait and see what he does there. And, you know, there's other positions as well, but I think those are it. I think, I think given what some of the things that halfway said, one of the things to look at is I, I I feel like he really wants to lean more on the upperclassmen. That's why he went for the transfer portal kids, let the kids develop, let them take that red shirt year if they can, but they'll be there if they need it. And we've seen with BC in the last two years, they need it. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Now in a moment, it's Christmas time here at Locked on BC. And this is our last episode before Christmas break. And I want to talk about Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus. I want to get into our wish list for BC and what BC athletics should be asking Santa heading into next year. We'll be getting that in just a moment. Locked on BC, AJ Black. Now, I got a favor for you. If you want to get me a Christmas present, the biggest Christmas present you can give me is to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are at 660. We need 340 more of you to hit our our ability to monetize the YouTube channel. It would be a huge help for me if we could get there, folks. So if you're listening to this, hit subscribe. All it does is it's going to give you all your BC content live on your YouTube feed. You know, if, even if you don't plan on listening to it, it does make a difference to me. So hit subscribe on Locked on BC on YouTube. Now, ho, 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 it's Merry Christmas. And here at Locked on BC, we're going in. We're going in on this Christmas stuff here because we're going we're gonna to have a little fun segment here. I'm going to talk about what each team at Boston College should be asking the, the good old St. Nick for Christmas. We're going to start with the football team. And I think you guys are all going to know what I'm going to ask for. I want BC, and I'm going to be very specific here, to get an offensive line. <laughs> I have said on this podcast that if BC got an offensive line, they would be a decent team because it would trickle into every other aspect of their roster because they just, when you have a group that is so bad, that was the Grinch of this of this roster, you need to fix it. And in addition to that, yeah, I'm going to say you need an offensive new offensive line coach to go with that. That would be the that would be the angel on the tree for me. So, for football, I'm going to say they need, my uh, Santa please bring us a new offensive line. Get us I I would love if Ozzy Trapillo and Drew Kendall stick, stuck around and obviously you're going to give us Christian Mahogany, he's new, well, newish for this year. And then a couple other guys, Kyle Hergels who was, by the way, on Bruce Feldman's freak list, which is interesting. 
but that's my football wish list. Now, basketball. For basketball, my wish is for a shooter. BC against Virginia Tech had a great win, but also showed again that when they need a big shot, you know, Micaiah Shalankford, credit to him, hit a few big shots there. They don't have a guy that can spot up shoot like you saw in Virginia Tech. They had, Virginia Tech got a couple kids that, you know, rhythm shooters, things like that. I don't see that with Boston College. They've got defenders and they've got guys that can make buckets here and there, but they don't have a, a rhythm shooter or a volume shooter. I feel like they need that. And I was wondering if Donald Hand was going to be that guy and now he's hurt. But I really, really wish that someone on this roster, whether it's Prince of Ligby, whether it's Makai Ashton Lankford or or um, Devin McLaughlin, someone on this roster turn into their shooter. They just don't have one now. And I think that's the big missing factor on that roster. So for, for basketball, I love that. For hockey, my Christmas wish is for Greg Brown to just continue to evolve and become the next, you know, the next big coach at Boston College. We've seen this program starting to take some good steps. They're recruiting like crazy. I, I love BC hockey when they're good. I and I'm not I don't talk about them a lot here because I'm not a hockey guy, folks. But Greg Brown is a look, you know, he's a kid that played for BC. He's a coach under Jerry York. Let him become the next big thing. I'd love to see that. For women's basketball, my my Christmas wish list for women's basketball is to keep Joanna McNamee here forever. <laughs> um, I have to say, and again, I don't talk about women's basketball because this is a football-focused podcast, and I will talk about other sports here and there when it's time, but there's been so much football talk I haven't had a chance to. Their team, I believe, is 10-4 and four now. They had a win against a very good Georgia Tech team where they smoked Cam Schwartz, who used to play for BC last year and was their leading scorer. Uh, they're 10 and four. And this is a year after the entire, basically BC's entire roster went on the transfer portal. They lost Taylor soul, Clara Ford, Cam Schwartz. Um, I mean, you name it, uh, Marnell Garad. They, they, they lost everybody on this women's basketball team and they're still really, really good. <laughs> and they're going to cause some, some, uh, some havoc in the ACC again. And I have to go to the common denominator here. It's Joanna McNamee. This this woman puts together a great program. And BC cannot let her go. Because I think if women's basketball was to get to the tournament this year, it would take that next step and really get some interest on campus. Love to see that happen. All right. For Blake James, I would love for, you know, for him to, to, to find a heart to become the AD that we saw. Like I want, I would love to see him become an amalgamation of Martin Jarmond and Pat Kraft. And I would love to see him do, you know, to be the face that Martin Jarmond was because Martin Jarmond was everywhere. Everyone loved him. He was on social media. He was interacting with fans. He was at tailgates. He was at games. He was taking pictures. He was shaking baby, uh, you know, kissing babies and shaking hands, doing all that great stuff. But I would love to him to have the, the political prowess and ability to do things that Pat Kraft did because Pat Kraft was not on social media, but he did things. I love to see him do that. That's a big wish right there. And for all Boston college fans, I think I would love to say, I would love to see father Leahy retire. You know, I was there when bought when father Leahy was there too. And the, the feeling that he 
was not a fan of the, the of the athletic programs back then. wasn't there, but I, I I sense it now. Like folks, I get it, and I hear his his hesitation towards nil and all this stuff. The dude needs to retire. It's time for a new president at Boston College. So, overall of everything I said, of everything that I put on our wish list, my biggest hope for Boston College, my biggest please Santa do this is that father Leahy retires soon because if for instance, BC football fails, I want the coaching staff. I mean the, the athletic department to have a president that was willing to put in money to get the next coach. That's going to be a power five level solid coach. If Halfley is not the guy and if Halfley's the guy, I want them to be able to pay him. So he stays here. I don't want anything in between. I don't want BC to cheap out and lose on Halfley if he's the right guy. And if Halfley isn't, I don't want them to go and just buy the next Frank Spaziani. That's it. So in order for that to happen, you need a new president. And I think it's time for BC to have a new president. Father Leahy, he's been here for literally forever. And I think all fans would love to see some fresh blood to look at, to some fresh new eyes to look at Boston College Athletics and help guide BC in a very ever-changing landscape here in in 2023 um and i think that's it and so i'm well i was gonna say to to get off but len (laughs) asked me a great question and he says hey aj what's on your boston college wish list so i'm telling about everything that i i i i i think i said for my my wish list for everything there for me personally I just want BC sports to win again. (laughs) I mean, totally. Even if I took on, you know, I I see a lot of journalist robots out there that are just like Boston college lost to NC state. They, you know, they had some, you know, good times here and there. They threw the ball for three touchdowns, but they also let up four touchdowns. And that's not me. You guys know, that's not me. I want, I I am a guy who covers BC, who went to BC, who cares about Boston College and wants to see them succeed. That's all I want. That's all I want to do is see BC win. It helps me with the site, obviously, uh, financially. If BC is good, you guys want to read more about it. But personally, I'm telling you right now, I have a son who's four years old. This morning, I'm telling you, I was home with him. He was sick. And he's like, Dada, can you put on the the DVR? And I said, sure. And he goes, I go, what do you want to watch? He goes, football. And what was on my DVR was BC and NC State. He goes, Dada, can you watch can we watch this? And he goes, Yeah. And then he made me put on my BC shirt, which was in the laundry, and his shirt. And we watched it. And then he goes, Dada, who wins this game? This is a kid that I've told every time he asks me the morning after he goes to bed, who won last night in the Boston College game? And I go, Boston College lost almost every time. And he goes, what the heck? That's what he's learning. He is four, and he learns that Boston College loses all the time. So when BC Virginia Tech last night, and I got to show him this morning the NC State game, which he he knew about, but he, I had to kind of – he's four. He forgot. And kind of – you know, I'm like, this. these are two big wins for BC. He got really excited about it. And I want that excitement for all BC fans for every game. I want BC to go out there and win some big games to in basketball, hockey, women's basketball, baseball. I, I thrive for that. And I want Santa Claus to bring that. And I, and I just said, I think it starts from the top up. 
I think BC needs a little change of, of uh, vision at the top of that lineup. And I think they can get back to that. So that's you. Thank you, Len, for that question, because, <laughs> and that's, that's how we're going to wrap things up. Well, folks, I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Merry Hanukkah. Have a happy Hanukkah too. If you don't celebrate either of those and you're celebrating Kwanzaa, happy Kwanzaa and anything in between, uh, just let me know. Let you know. I love y'all. For This is AJ Black. We'll be back again. We're going to have a best of show on Monday. We're going to have a fresh new episode on Tuesday. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. I'll see y'all again soon. Hit that subscribe button again. I'm asking you one last time. Please do it. It would really mean a lot to me. Thank you all. We'll see you again soon. Thank <laughs> you.